Well, my name is Casey. It truly is an honor to be here today as we wrap up our Dream On series. It's been a great series. Would you agree with me? It's been a great series so far. We're going to try to keep it that way today, so I'm going to try not to blow it too much. But about a month ago, Pastor Monty asked me if I would be willing to give the message today. As he said, he was in California this past week. And, you know, when he asked me that, I said yes. And I tend to do that too quickly sometimes. Like, I'll say yes to things, and maybe I should ask some more clarifying questions. But when he asked me to, to do this, I was expecting him not to be here today. Um, but as you can see, he is, he is here. Um, so about half my message I probably shouldn't say anymore because he's here. So we're going to have to uh, adjust some things, um, hopefully. Um, but also, and when, when Monty's gone, you got to know, like, his family, they have a dog. Uh, his name is Rudy. He's one year old. And, you know, obviously when you go on vacation, you need someone to watch your dog. And once again, I should ask more questions. I should ask him right then and there a month ago, hey, who is going to watch your dog? Because last time they were gone, it was, it was the Comstock family. We had to watch his dog. So, of course, the night before they leave, we're meeting to talk about today. And then all of a sudden, there's the question. Hey, Casey, I need you to come pick up our dog tomorrow. Oh, thanks, Monty. He, Monty's very smart. Like, I can't say no now. It's the night before they leave. I have to say yes. But like a good husband, like, hey, let me talk to my wife first at least. Like, that'd be awful. She shows up, and um, also we have this dog in her house too. But so I go home, talk to my wife, Amanda. She says yes. So here's Rudy, one-year-old dog. I have a four-year-old son. Um, we live in an apartment, third floor. It's going to be great, right? It's going to be an amazing time. Um, but the crazy thing is I'm not sure if... Most dogs take after their owner, but I, I think Rudy might take after Monty just a little bit. There's a couple of things I've noticed that Rudy does that Monty does as well. Like, if you've ever seen Monty, like, in front, like, before the service, like, he is constantly going to every single person to make sure he says hi. Because he truly believes he wants you to feel welcome and accepted. Rudy does something similar. He doesn't, like, welcome people. He goes to every single tree and post and pees on it, like, marking his territory. So I'm not sure if that's a, a common trait between the two of you. Um, but there's some other things that Rudy did that I, I was just questioning myself, like, Rudy, what were you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, Monty gets excited, too, sometimes, right? He gets excited. He talks pretty quick, and he gets really passionate. Um, Rudy gets excited as well, but, like, when Rudy gets excited, he ends up peeing all over the place. Wherever he's at, he just starts peeing. So we had to like tiptoe all week long just to make sure we didn't get too excited so he peed on our carpet. The last thing like he did, I'm just like, and just so we're clear, like I'm not quite sure about like the gossip rules for a dog. Like I, I said this in front of Rudy the other day, so I think I'm covered, but like I think the gossip rule doesn't um, apply for Rudy not being here and me talking about him. But the, the third thing he did, and it blew my mind, like he was going to pee, so he lifted up his leg and he actually started pooping at the same time. So I was like, Rudy, what are you doing? Like, truth, what are you doing? So, like, these questions, all of a sudden, like, Rudy, what were you doing? And those are the same questions I tend to ask myself a lot as well. Like, Casey, what were you doing? What were you thinking? And then, then what that leads to is then I start playing this game. It's called the what if game. Like, what if I would have done this? What if instead I would have done this? Like, what if I wouldn't have started drinking? What if I would have dated this person and not the other person? What if I would have invested in Amazon when it was at $20 a share and now it's at $1,900? Like, what if? Like, what if I didn't have to go through that pain? What if I didn't disappoint that person? Like, all of a sudden, I play this game of what if, and I get stuck. So I start reliving the things of my past. And I get stuck, and I forget, and I don't realize what's happening in the very moment. 
So this, and maybe you have the same moments as well. Like you start playing this what if game. Like, you, you, why, why did that have to happen? What was I doing? What if it would have been differently? And I think when we play that game, something happens. Like, something happens. I write, wrote this down because this is more for me than maybe any of you, but replaying the past paralyzes us from playing in the present. When we start reliving in the past, we can't see the things that are directly right in front of us. And I am so guilty of this. I'm not just, just replaying, like, just being in this trance of, like, what if this would have been different? What if I would have done this and this and this and this and this, that I miss the very opportunities right in front of me? It says in Isaiah 43, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Say a new thing. A new thing. I believe that today, God is doing a new thing. And trust me, I need God to do a new thing in me each and every day. His mercies are new every day. His graces are new every day. He is doing a new thing. And that's what it says in 2 Corinthians. That anybody who is in Christ, they're a new creature. The old is gone and, is new, and the new is here. So God is doing a new thing. And the, the funny thing is, so my four-year-old son, like he doesn't, he doesn't act like we do, like our adults. Like He doesn't come up to me and say, Dad, I wish, I, I, what if I wouldn't have ate those four Oreos? What if, what if I wouldn't have bought that toy? Like, Cohen does not, kids do not do that. They do not live in the past. They don't dwell in the past. Instead, what they do is they're so in the moment in the future that he'll come up to me like, Dad, hey, what if we grab six buckets and put water in it in the living room and put our toys in there? How cool would that be? That's going to be awesome. I'm like, yeah, buddy, let's do it. My wife doesn't think it's always that awesome, but it's always amazing. We have so much fun. But our, my son lives so much in the moment and in the present and in the future. Like, wait, Dad, what if we go to Target and get a toy next Friday? Like, he doesn't talk about the past ever. He's so much in the moment and in the future. But us, we, we dwell, us adults, we dwell so much in the past and things that we've done and things that have maybe hurt us. We can't live in the present and the future because of those things. So there's a, a story of a, a guy named John Bud Hillrich and a guy named Pete, uh, Pete Browning. You probably don't know those names. About 130 years ago, so, so Bud, he was an apprentice in his, farmer's, or in his dad's wood shop. He's 17 years old. He decided to play hooky one day, and he goes to this baseball game. Uh, Pete Browning is a pretty good baseball player at that time. Great hitter, won some batting championships. He's a great, great, great hitter. But at this time... Pete is going through a slump. And if you're a baseball player, you don't want to go through a slump. That's not good at all. But at this game, something happens. Pete breaks his bat. So now Pete needs a new bat. And Bud, you know, being experienced with some wood, he's like, hey, Pete, how about after the game, let's go, I'll go bake you a bat. So sure enough, they go to, to, to Bud's um, shop. They make a bat. The ne very next day, Pete is out of his slump. He gets a couple hits. All of a sudden, word spreads. Um, people start wanting to get bats from Bud as well. But here's the thing. As people want to get bats from Bud, Bud's dad was stuck in the old. Like, he didn't want any part of building bats. Like, I don't want to make any bats. I want to continue to, to do other things that we were doing, like, like porch columns and, and stairway, stairway railings and things like that. Like, he, he was so stuck in the old, he couldn't see in the present and the future what could be. But then, thankfully, Bud was so persistent that his dad finally gave in, and they started making bats. The thing to know about here is that, that Pete, his nickname was Louisville Slugger. And I'm sure you're all aware of what that name means, because 
130 years later, over 100 million bats have been made because of this guy named Bud was in the present and he saw a solution to someone's circumstances and he did something about it. And now the game of baseball hasn't been the same since with these bats, whether it's wood bats, aluminum bats, other equipment and things like that. So this guy named Bud saw an opportunity and did something about it. And so as we're here today in the Dream On series, we're in week five. And if you have not been a part of all the weeks, I'd encourage you to go back. You know, week one, we talked about this guy named Jacob. Uh, week two and three was Joseph. Uh, last week was Solomon. So all these people in the Old Testament. Today we're going to the, to the New Testament. We're talking about a, a Joe again, Joseph. Not, not the old Joseph of the Old Testament, but this new Joe in the New Testament. So we talked about old Joe. Now we're talking about the new Joe. And if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew is in the New Testament. It's the very first book of the New Testament. And it's part of the Gospels. The Gospels talking about the life and teachings of Jesus. But before... I get, we're going to start in verse 18, but before we get into verse 18, I think it's important to look what happens the first 17 verses. It doesn't look like much, because if you look at your Bibles, a list of names, right? Like, if you are reading your Bible and you see a list of names, first thought is to skip it, right? Like, I'm not going to read all these names. I can't pronounce half these names anyways. Why should I read it? Why does this even matter? But here, Matthew 1, this is a genealogy of Jesus Christ, so Think of this. So the very first, it talks about Abraham. One of the promises for Abraham was that, hey, through your line, the nations will be blessed. Jesus is in that line. That was the blessing they were talking about. If you look through that genealogy, it talks about the king of David. God told the king of David that through your line, the king of kings will come. Once again, that's Jesus. And if you look through this genealogy, this line of people, it is a theme, as you can see, because you'll find that in this genealogy, you'll find Jacob, Joseph, Solomon, and now today, Joseph. So I think God works in, in amazing ways and how he has providence, everything, and everything in this book points to Jesus and how it all is his plan of re redeeming his people back. So I think it's funny how this whole series has brought us to this point of this dream on series of this dream that's happening right now and we're going to find out in verse 18. So if you have your Bible, we're going to start in verse 18, chapter 1 of Matthew. So this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So something to know here, like when, when someone got engaged back then, like they spent like the first year apart. They both, they lived in their, their parents' house for about a year just to make sure everybody was pure and nothing happened in between there. So now imagine in this time, Mary is found to be pregnant. Like you can probably just picture this. If any of you watched Jerry Springer before, like, all of a sudden, Mary comes to Joseph, like, hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Joseph's like, what? It's not mine. Whose is it? Um, Holy Spirit. Joseph, like, what? Uh, then he calls up Jerry, you know, goes to the show. All of a sudden, they run the test. And, you know, Jerry says, hey, hey, Joseph, the, the kid's not yours. Joseph's like, I knew it wasn't mine, but whose kid is it? Lo and behold, here's the, here's the, the test, the the, the the test is that it is truly the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, Jerry's changing Jerry. The things go crazy. But thankfully, that's not how it unpacked and, and happened because Joseph was an upright man. Joseph was a man of faith and character. 
So it goes on to say that because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce, to divorce her quietly. So he had every right to make this big scene, every right that Mary was going to be disgraced, Mary was going to probably maybe be hurt. He had every right to do that. But I love what it says there is that in his mind, had in his mind, so he's thinking, he's questioning, like, what does this mean? What am I supposed to be doing here? And in his mind, he was going to do this quietly. But after he had considered this, once again, he's, he's pondering, he's considering this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to receive him, and you are to give him, excuse me, you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And it goes on to say, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So in this time, there was a responsibility of the father to name the child. And that was the the dream that, that Joseph was given was to name Jesus. And, and when you named your child back then, it wasn't that you just gave him a name, but you were given responsibility to take care of, provide, and protect this child. Joseph was given this dream to name Jesus, who was not his son, to take care of him, provide for him, all because of this dream. So when, Je when Joseph gave Jesus his name, he was accepting the dream. He received the dream. Not only did he receive the dream, he believed it. He believed it so much that he would accept the dream and become Jesus's earthly father. So Joseph received the dream, believed the dream, and accepted the dream. And I think there's a reason why he did that. You gotta realize, like, in this time, God is actually doing something new. We said God's doing things new. He is doing something new right now in Matthew 1. Like, if anybody here has ever said, hey, I'm going to read through the whole Bible, and, like, you start doing, like, Gen like, you start in Genesis, that's great. Exodus is amazing. But then you get to Leviticus, right? That's usually when it stops, right? Anybody, anybody with me? Like, you get to Leviticus, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, what are we doing? But Leviticus, it's a book. It, it talks about the rules to worship and the sacrifices to make to God. And it's insane. Like, you, if, if you're not thankful for what Jesus did, you should be thankful for that alone, for the things that they had to do for the sacrifice they had to make for their sins. But if you see here in Matthew 1, God is starting to do something new. And as it says, Joseph was faithful to the law. So I, I wonder what was going through his mind when he's supposed to give Jesus his name because he will save his people from their sins. Like, Joseph would be like, no, hey, why would Jesus save us from our sins? We have the Levites, and we have all these other sacrifices that we are to do and make, and our sins are forgiven that way. So God is doing something so new here, and it's amazing, Joseph's faith in that moment, that he was willing to, to, to take this responsibility, to live out the dream that God, has, that God gave him to name Jesus and take care of Jesus as well. And I think because of his acceptance of that dream, 
he does what he does next. Because it doesn't end there for Joseph. He has several other dreams that he's supposed to accomplish. If you go to verse 13, it says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the, king, for, for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it's fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. So you guys know this part of the story, right? The, the wise men, the nativity scene of the three wise men going to see Jesus. They stop at King Herod's. Hey, where is this king that people are talking of? King Herod was dubbed the king of the Jews. Now all of a sudden he's hearing this child with the same name. So that's why King Herod, or Herod wanted to kill Jesus coming for his throne. So once again... Joseph, hearing the dream, because he accepted the dream, was willing to move his family, uplift everybody, and move to Egypt. Next dream from the Lord required Joseph and his family to move once again. This time they are to move to Israel. And it says in verse 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and, he, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. So that's the second time he's moved. And then there's one more time where, where, where Joseph has another dream, and he's told to move again to this place called Galilee. So Joseph is willing to move his family, all because he received and believed this dream, and he accepted that dream that he's supposed to take care of this, this child named Jesus. So he played his part, even when it didn't make sense. No sense at all. Like, first and foremost, Mary, you're pregnant, and it's through the Holy Spirit. Like, no sense. That makes no sense at all, right? You want me to move not once, not twice, but three times? Doesn't make any sense at all. No sense at all. But here we are, this is something that if we dwell on the past, we're never going to be able to do what, 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 we're to, what God has given us to do, to dream what he's given us to dream about and to do if we dwell on the past, that we need to trust God even if it does not make sense. And this is what Joseph did. He's an example of trusting God even if it does not make sense. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Like, I think if you look at this, like, Joseph, like, why would he do these things? Like, he was told a lot of things of what to do. But I, th I truly believe that because the Lord said why he was to do it, that this child, this child named Jesus was going to save his people from their sins. It's because of the why of him doing it is why he was able to do whatever it took. Because he trusted God, even when it didn't make sense. And if you think about our lives as well, what Jesus did for each and one of us does not make sense. He did something for us that we did not deserve. He did something that makes no sense at all. That He was willing to sacrifice it all, give it all for each and every one of us by dying on the cross. Makes no sense at all. And we ask ourselves constantly, why? Why, why would Jesus do that for us? Go back to John 3, 3, 3, 16. 
for God to love the world, that he would give his one and only son, so that all people would be saved. And as Meadows Church, we're here to, to, to lead people to Christ in the God-given purpose. And there's a re- the why behind that is because we have been so forgiven. There's people out there that are hurting, that don't have love, that don't have faith, that need Jesus in their lives. So if we dwell in the past, we're not going to be able to live out what he's called us to do. If we don't trust in God, we're not going to be able to do the things he wants us to do as well. And we're not going to accomplish the things that he wants us to do. My life, what I've been able to, what I've done and have been able to do is truly amazing. It's not because of me being the most gifted person. It's because I just trust God even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it does not make sense. Spent four years working at Wells Fargo, five, going on to five years at Wells Fargo. All of a sudden I get asked, Casey, would you leave your job and go work full-time at a church? That makes no sense at all. Why would I do that? Once again, just trust God, even when it doesn't make sense. Then I had several different roles to play through that church, young adult ministry, campus pastor. But then all of a sudden, this guy named Monty, I worked with him for several years, spent a lot of time with him, asked us to move to Omaha to help start a new church. No sense at all. Why would we do that? The reason we were able to do that is because we just trusted God in the small things in our life, so we were able to say yes to this, this huge thing, moving to Omaha. Like, why would, why would us as a family start, be a part of a life group? makes no sense. We have other things to do. We have different things that we could be doing. Why would we give back our resources to God? Why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I could be using that money for other things. It just doesn't make sense. It's because we trust God. And as a church, we encourage you to do a lot of different things. We encourage you to, to serve. We encourage you to be a part of a life group. We encourage you to do all these different things. But it's not about what you're doing, but it's why you're doing it. And that's why, why Joseph accepted the dream is because of why he was doing it. Because this man named Jesus was going to save his people from their sins. And each and every weekend, we get the opportunity to invite people in here to this new relationship with Jesus. And not only that, but when we're in our life groups, we get, the part, we get to be the church in the community and have people see what we're doing and be a part of what we're doing and, and to be able to serve in the community together. So we don't just ask you to do things just to do things. There's a reason behind it. It's because of Jesus. And it's because of Jesus that I'm here today. Believing that this is what the path he has me on. And I have no idea what that next path is. But I am trusting him today, even when it doesn't make sense what he might call me to do later on. We trust him today. Because each and every day he's doing something new. His mercies are new. His grace is new. And today, if you have never experienced this new life in Jesus, I'm encouraging you to trust him with your salvation today. Trust him that he is your Lord and your Savior. That he loves you so much. That he's there for you. He won't let you down. He is your Heavenly Father. And he wants to do some amazing things in and through you. But not just today, each and every day because it truly is a journey. But then also know that this is not something you should do alone. I couldn't imagine being Mary and, and, and giving birth to Jesus and having to move all these places all by herself. I couldn't imagine that. Like, I felt like a single parent this week because Amanda had some different things. She, you know, she was roughing it, you know, a haircut, massage, all these things. And then, so I had my four-year-old son and this, this dog to take care of. Like, I couldn't imagine being a single parent. But thankfully, 
Joseph was willing to say yes to the dream and did the dream and went on the journey with him. And that's what we're meant to do. That's why we, we talk about life groups so much. If you're not in a life group, I encourage you so much to get involved in one. There's so many life groups out there, people that want to do life with you because we're not meant to do this life alone. And I just truly think, like, talk about the question, what if? Like, what if us as a church got so intentional about trusting God, even when it doesn't make sense, that as our life groups started meeting in the community, people started experiencing and knowing Jesus because of what we're talking about, what we're doing, and the love that we're sharing to one another. Like, what if that video was great? What if us as a church came together and transformed a city because there's hurting people out there. There's people that do not know Jesus. There are people that have no hope. But what if we could truly be the hands and feet, live on mission and transform this community? All because of the why. All because of what Jesus came to do to save his people from their sins. Because because God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in this city. He's doing a new thing in each and every one of us. And that's my prayer for you today. Let me pray for us. Um, God, you are so good that you are with us, you are for us. Lord God, I know I need you each and every day. For the days I fall short, the, the days I stumble. But I, I trust in you and believe in you each and every day because you are with us and you are for us. And God, that, that your mercies, your salvations, your graces are new each and every day. And I need that so badly, God. I just know that, that anybody that's in Christ is a new creature. God, the old is gone, the new is here. So I just pray we no longer dwell in the past, no longer dwell on the things that we've done or, or the things that have been done to us, God. But instead, we focus on you because you are doing a new thing. And God, it's my prayer that, that we don't just become a church that just gathers on Sunday, but we become a church that is scattering in the community and being Jesus to people that are far from you. As families, as groups, God, I pray that, that you are experienced in such a way that transformation happens in this city. God, I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that has a mission to lead people to Christ and the God-given purpose. God, I'm so thankful for the people here. Um, Lord, I can't even fathom what you have in store for us, God. And we're just trusting and believing in what you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Casey, just stay up here just for a second. Um, can we just give it up for Casey? I mean, ultimately we understand we're giving it up to God, but God speaks through Casey. And I'm just so blessed to have him here and, and Amanda and you guys said yes. and so many others that said yes and moved to a community to be part of a church that got us on the move and now we all said yes to God. I just got to say something real quick. Um, so Casey talks about life groups and, and, and for some of you it makes no sense to get in something else during the week because you've got a lot going on. But that's God's, certainly God's message to you today. But that along with something else I want to say from last week that I didn't say earlier. La two weeks or last week I talked about giving in our church and how many of you give financially and because of that we can do things like go to Papio Fun Park and love the community and man you showed up in an amazing way last week so um, like we had we went from one of our lowest offerings to one of our largest offerings and so many of you 
because of your obedience and generosity. So I want to thank you so much for that. I shared last week that I challenge people, if you've never given to God through this church, that you would consider giving $10 um, a week for three weeks. I can't tell you how many people last week gave a, a check or a, a, it's just, and I don't even, like, if you knew my heart, it's not even about the money. I get what you need money to run a church and do what we do up here and buy, and buy this equipment and stuff, but it's so much bigger than that. And I was blown away. I just was like, this church is just stepping up in so many ways. And it, and it just, God is doing something supernatural in your church. I just need you to know that. And for some of you, that makes no sense. Even to give $10 to God through the church, it doesn't make sense because you're like, you can't pay bills, you can't do this, you can't, but you're doing it. And God is doing something supernatural through you. So I just, I want to thank you for that. Because of that, I mean, we can do things like this big event in two weeks, but I'm just excited about this message. You're, you're right, Casey. Trusting God when it doesn't make sense. Some of you are facing situations that don't make sense. You don't get it. You don't need to understand it all. God gets it. He loves you. Do whatever he's telling you to do. I just needed to come up here and just personally thank Casey. He steps up with a leader that just says, hey, can you watch? By the way, can you watch Rudy tonight? I need you to watch him tonight. Oh, no. Uh, I just throw stuff at him quickly, and he just has to adjust, and just so blessed to be a part of that. And... Um, how about the worship team? Are they doing, they do, they do all right, don't they? God continually grows our church and people keep stepping up and we could, we could celebrate him all day. But I, I don't know, I'm listening to the message and I'm thinking about how Jesus, God trusted Mary with Jesus and Joseph and how he trusts you and I with this church and with our families and with our children and with our community. And I'm just, I'm just so filled with joy about what God is doing in our church. And that means what he's doing in you. And if you don't think he's doing much in you, just step into what he has for you, and I promise he'll blow you away. Won't he, Casey? He does all the time. So we love you so much. God loves you more. Never forget that. Uh, Casey, it's a blessing to do ministry with you and your family, and I just, I just wanted to publicly say that because um, I just am so blessed to be able to say, you know what, take the pulpit, and you'll run with it, and and God shows up in such a supernatural way. So I think we've already prayed six times today. Let's make it seven, should we? God, thank you so much. I can't, we can't give you enough glory. Um, I thank you for the Comstock family, for them saying yes, for every other family that said yes and moved their families from Sioux Falls to Omaha, and then for all the families here that have said yes and stepped into a church that is proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ. And like Casey said, if there's anybody in this place who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray they won't leave this place today until they make a decision for you. For anybody in this place who's not in a life group, a small group, God, I pray they won't leave until they at least ask questions about it. They fill out a card about it. They take a step towards you. It might not be comfortable. In fact, it won't be comfortable, I guarantee you. But God will bless it. God will show up. Thank you for our church. Thank you for what you're doing, God. We give you glory. We give you praise, God. We're truly believing and declaring, and we're seeing the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody says, amen. Hey, wherever you are, thanks so much for joining us today. We are so glad that you did. And if this blessed you in any way, man, we would love for you to subscribe to this channel follow us on social media, and stay connected with us. And let me say most importantly, if you are ready to give your life to Christ or you want to make a decision for Jesus today, we would love it, man. Connect with us. Contact us at hello at meadows.church. Again, hello at meadows.church. Let us know what God is doing in your life. And know this.
God loves you and the best is 